Blog Talk Radio. I'm good. Everybody.
I love Sesame. Okay. I love Sesame too. <laughs> and I'm sure there's other stuff going on that I can't remember. We will be doing one one show next month. The seventeenth. Um, which is three weeks from today and then it will be I think two or three weeks from the one after that. Either way. It's October. We're crazy busy. We love doing these shows, but we do need to ratchet it up. Yeah, you're not expected to be because it's so now it's like why those? Yeah, I got no <laughs> idea. I, I slightly like every time we get Friday or Saturday. You appreciate the enthusiasm, you really do. Friday or Saturday is one of the most competitive shows. Because I can read books. It's getting there. It's getting there. We should so. do during the week, just not Friday Sunday.
horrified by the sight, the priest claims that he grabs the cat and performed an exorcism. He expelled the demon from the poor deceased creature and further fueled the stories of demonic activity associated with the Hellfire Club. That said, it has also been claimed that a black cat was a Hellfire Club's mascot. So unless they were sacrificing their mascot, it's near impossible to know or believe. The club's stay at the lodge was brief as they moved out after a fire-damaged building, an event that allegedly coincided with the acceptance of their long-standing open communication. As the story goes, one night a lone man knocked on the door seeking refuge. They allowed him in, and during a game of cards, one of the members of the Hellfire Club drops his card. When he reached down to retrieve it, he looked at the man's feet and saw that he had clothing food. Seeing this, the man immediately burst into flame. This flame started a fire that spread throughout the lodge, and you can still see the charred wall from the end of the day. The devil seems to have been an avid card player, as the same story is told down in Wexford about Lofted Hall, supposedly the most haunted place in Ireland. Another version of the fire story claims that after a sermon to the devil, a servant spilled a drink on the notorious club member Thomas Burnchapel Whaley. Whaley's response to this accidental insult was to douse the servant with brandy and set him on fire. The fire then spread to the rest of the building, killing several members. Whatever happened after the fire of the club after the fire, the club moved to the nearby Tillicky Seward House. The club's activities declined, but the myths and stories around the Hellfire Club are as popular as ever. Despite having departed the lodge over two centuries ago, many believe that the Hellfire Club's activities here unleashed something that cannot be controlled. Ongoing tales of demonic encounters here have continued to roll in as otherworldly creatures are rumors to prowl the ground. For anyone brave enough to chant the brush with the gate to hell, this is one of the easiest places to do so. The land and the building are now owned by Colty, Ireland's state forestry company, so it is open to all. The most popular time to visit this distance hill is naturally Halloween, a night in Irish mythology when the boundary between the world of the living and the world of the dead is fragile and blurred. That said, as with all things paranormal, be careful what you wish for when seeking out. I'm sure. Yes, go for it. Okay. I have a friend who had family from the town nearby. And um, one day they were joking about the black cat, saying, oh, you know, you must, you know, have your hair, the hair done on the back of your neck every single time you see a black cat. And it was their grandfather who just kind of paused and like, looked at everyone and said, you know, I don't think I've ever even seen a black cat here. I haven't seen a stray black cat in all their time living there um, until that night. <laughs> and a black cat ended up crossing your path that night. Fun. Ireland story. All right, so we're going to come back over to the U.S. The bizarre tale of Satan's Uh Now, this is... a uh, place deep in the woods of Blue Ash, Ohio, not far from Cincinnati. Here, there's a dark and spooky series of tunnels that were built to serve as a storm drain. Have a pure and rather ominous reputation. 
as a place where all manner of devil worshippers congregate to carry out the blasphemous rituals in the dark, away from crime. Really? In his opinion. Mm-hmm. Within uh, the oppressive inky darkness of the dank and stagnant air, the tunnels are various call messages, including the number 666 and the vaguely ominous badlands. It's very threatening given the context this way to God's other more obvious warnings as go back and hell lies ahead litter the walls as well. There is said to be an altar room used for demonic magic and human sacrifices. This is deeply unsettling. Locale has earned itself to pitch a suiting name of the tunnels have long been ground zero for a variety of strangers. Those who pass by them say that often they hear eerie groans, screams, sedating blackness. But that sometimes a strange glow flickers deep in. There's supposedly a pitch black apparition called the Shadow Man that prowls the depths here, looking as if he had crawled straight out of void of hell's darkest. It should come to no surprise that amidst these passages there's rumored to be a happy death. St. Paulo is one of the best known but least visited legends region. Deeply annoyed neighbors and the police try to keep people clear from these that are on private property. And if the illegal nature of such a visit isn't enough to deflect the deterrent, the fear of devil worship or plenal claustrophobia will keep many others away. Those who don't venture here against wiser counsel and wealth, they usually do so in search of a passage that a group of Satanists supposedly managed to open. Perhaps not surprisingly, with all the reports of paranormal going on in the location, St. Paul has attracted investigators who have dared to venture into the tunnels by from coming back with videos with religious like marking plastering the wall. They've also heard that practically passing across the damp floors of these tunnels when there's nobody else there. And one particularly active investigation while using a piece of equipment called a spirit bomb. Investigators believe that they caught in contact with a particularly evil and intelligent spirit that was all too happy to have After asking around 20 questions and receiving a variety of direct, intelligent responses, they wisely decided to head out. It's rare for investigators who walk away from an active, intelligent But the responses coming through the spirit box were extremely negative, and the voice claimed to be the devil himself. Other answers confirmed that the presence of the shadow man who was roaming the tunnels to serve as Satan's watchman. There was a claim that the man named Jake had been sacrificed amidst the cramped and creepy chamber. Realizing that they were deep underground with a very limited number of options here, the unarmed investigators moved along before some simply ill-intentioned individuals entered the tunnels and found them. As time goes on, it's certain that St. Paula will be continued to attract more curiosity seekers and less care, no matter how much the local tribes keep them away as do the police. The official police line is that there are no hauntings, sacrifices, or portals to hell in the tunnel. But they understand that there are enemies very little to teenagers real Despite having caught many trespassers in St. Paula, they always let them go with a warning. The officers remember what it was like to be young and foolish, 
a friendly thought who is blocking the tunnel when it's remembered that they were built as a main storm drain. Any bars that could be put up to keep people out would also catch loads of debris, flooding the tunnels and damaging. So a grand game of cat and mouse between police, curiosity seekers, the legend devil worshippers, and the worldly creatures will probably continue in St. Paul's for many years. Oops, just the trip. Uh, around that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, there we go. Yeah. Oh, that's just a short drive away, Brandon. Yeah. I don't do well as a sign tunnel. We don't. <laughs> Especially dark, dank storm source. And you don't have the dark stuff. Oh, yeah, I know. I'll find a hellfire club, I ain't over that one. That's fine. hard. I'm not going to look at anybody. That is my, I, I, I kind of, I kind of stand a little <laughs> when we start talking about the card story. It's one of my all-time favorite stories. It is a fantastic story. It really it's is. It's really the classic. And I know, yeah, it's associated here, but then it's, you know, it's associated there, the other mm-hmm. place there, right, right down the road. And I think it's been told at several other places. Yeah, oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know where to get a card from the devil, though. Yeah. He likes the curve. Particularly across the the, the um, British Isles and Ireland. Mm-hmm. It's like the, there's a version of that story. Just everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so our next step. Now, the next step, we're going to be here for just a little while. Um, okay. And, and uh, admittedly, I will say, this isn't exactly a portal to hell, but it is said to have been marked by the devil. Well, it is currently noted as one of the most romantic places in the Czech Republic, the Castle Cervana Loja, 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 that is sometimes grim past. The existence of an original fortress on the site of the today's castle is assumed to uh, to come from sometime in the middle of the 14th century. Lacking detailed early property records, there are many assumptions about the fortress of chain of ownership, at least until about 1530, when it was sold to the knightly family of Cobb of Ribnot. 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 What about that? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know where it is. Yeah. Now, of the Cobb family, the most interesting character was undoubtedly the knight who Jan capable manager, active builder, and loyal servant to the House of Habsburg. The short life of Night Jan was tragically marked by the plague, which took five of his children in 1557. After Jan himself passed away, his remaining sons partitioned up the estate, and the families of two of the brothers, um, Butchval and Jerry, Jerry, it's not Jerry, it's not they wound up inhabiting Castle Servana Loja together. This was a very unhappy arrangement, and Castle became a, a theater of squabbles, arguments, and personal assaults. Compounding the family's difficulties was that Knight Jan's widow forsook the church, blaming God for having taken her husband from her prematurely. Between the widow's anguish and the angst of malice between the two branches of the family, it's believed that the devil gave a foothold in the beautiful castle. 
Knight's widow became possessed by this resident of hell, and it resulted in her bloody and premature demise when the devil dragged her to hell. Before absconding with her soul, the devil painted a cross on one of the snow-white walls of the castle using the Lord's blood. This bloody reminder was deeply ingrained within the castle's wall, and nothing could lift the awful stain. So the decision was made to plaster the entire castle in red, giving the castle a very distinctive and beautiful facade, for which it is so well known today. Yeah, they really are... <laughs>
was himself in danger of being uh, changed in one of these prisons of the pit. This uh, precipitated into the attempt to fill the hole with stones, but no success, and it swallowed everything from down with no visible effect. It's reported that eventually the Duke of a powerful Uba clan, in order to discover the secret behind the supposed gateway, offered a condemned prisoner a pardon for his crime if he would complete one task. He had to consent to be lowered down on the pit from the end of a rope to report back on what he found there. To this, the man readily agreed, but once he had descended into the opening for quite some distance, there came a long period of silence, then the convict began screaming uncontrollably from deep within the ground. When the Duke's men pulled up the convict back to the surface, they found his hair had turned completely white, and he was stark, raving. He died soon after. Some accounts claim that this experience Repeated more than once, all with the same result. After these trials, the decision was made to construct the castle. When the castle was built, the crack in the limestone was covered with thick stone plates. The castle's chapel was constructed on top of it or sealed the hole to hell. The chapel was then dedicated to the archangel Michael and the leader of God's armies, fight against the horns of hell. Faded frescoes on the chapel walls, some of the oldest known in Europe, were date back to the early 1400s. Depicts Michael in two scenes: one as he is fighting a dragon, a symbol of evil; in the other, he holds a sword in one hand and the scales in the other. He's weighing the soul at the last. Depicted also are scenes from the crucifixion and Saint Christopher. But what's strange about the chapel frescoes is that on one of the walls can be seen a figure like any other. Time. Here we see the creature with the upper body of a woman, the lower body of a horse, holding her bow in her right hand with the left arm arrow. Not only is it extremely unusual to find a representation of a centaur, creature of pagan mythology adorning the walls, but it's also the only known exact picture of a left-handed female archer. Middle Ages, left-handedness associated with Satan. Researchers believe that this picture is linked to the source of a human animal, which we're seeing to emerge from the debris buried underneath the shadow. The entrance to the underworld is not the only looking attack to this castle. As previously mentioned in the 17th century, at the time of the Thirty Years' War, during a period when Castle Cusco stood empty, was chosen by a Swedish royal commander, a brigand, and a Toronto, as the Use this as his headquarters. Now, he was reputed to be a black magician and an alchemist who performed unsavory experiments in the castle. Not only this, but during the time of Morocco's occupation, soldiers became terror to the local village people until at least two hunters, willing to risk the consequences, snuck up to the castle in the middle of the night, shot Morocco through the window, supposedly, as he was working in his laboratory to discover an Another very peculiar fact about Muska is that when uh, the square stone structure was originally constructed in the 13th century, most of its defenses were not facing towards the outside, but built facing towards the inner courtyard. So it supposedly looked like not a, a castle that could built to keep enemies outside, but rather to keep something inside. There are no stairs leading up to the upper, from the upper floors of the castle down into the 
court record. It's not evident today because of the 30 years war in the middle of the 1600s. Justice Power wrote and other defenses were dismantled as part of a decree issued by Emperor Ferdinand III to make private houses more accessible and less. Because earth and ramparts were also taken down. Beginning of the 18th century, the castle was remodeled into a Renaissance chateau, drawing visitors from across the region. In 1836, during a walking tour of the region, Czech poet Karl Heinrich Maka, second at the castle, supposedly in his dreams he was visited by a terrible vision, which he later recounted in a letter to his friend, Edward Heinrich. Lassie described his soul descending into the pit and then being transported into a hellish, mechanized uh, future. Prague, 2006, where he wandered in horror and despair. Among other unnerving experiences in the vision, Lassie wrote that the next girl who showed him music pictures, small caskets, but the darkness and he walked along with on high sandstone cliffs riddled with holes that projected an eerie yellow light, the canyon, and handily like the modern enormous blocks of flat which the present day looms the outskirts of Prague. After describing all of this in each so how did these visions of the future emerge from Was it really only a dream or is it possible to transport it for those who believe so? Now it's also known that the German SS took over the castle during the Nazi occupation of uh, it's not known precisely what they were doing there, as in typical SSKs, they destroyed all the records. All evidence of their activities in German forces retreated from Bohemian in the face of the American. Castle was no strategic distance whatsoever to deter war effort or occupation. Given the known uh, facts of the occult philosophies and Coupled with the knowledge that Hitler channeled significant resources in researching the supernatural weapons used them against the Allies, it's not unreasonable well, to propose that the SS and the reasons for occupying the Council were related to experimental studies. It's also been proposed that Hunter was one of the SS's secret breeding grounds, a location where he were uh, who were of acceptable blood were given service by able bodied SS troopers in ongoing SS. Sure. Uh, whatever the significance to the Nazis, the castle fell into disrepair during the Communist era, and the grounds were littered with landmines. Few were willing to take a chance to visit the castle uh, until they were actually cleared away. Now, this is one of the main reasons why the current owners will not allow any excavation inside the castle. This is not a fear of possible existence of the German That said, the castle is in the process of being renovated and stored in modern days. So, these legends surrounding the castle don't end there. Personal approval uh, of a number of internet sites and blogs reveal that even a modern day visit. Visitors to the castle claim to have unexplainable experiences of all sorts, followed by instances of extremely bad personal luck when they leave the premises. Some say that they feel an irresistible aversion to the first place. Uh, one of them is Hannah McGee, the owner-operator of McGee's Ghost Tour. 
fraud. When she and the company sailed out of Thailand again, they first visited the Last winter, accompanied by their dog, Tana says she felt extreme uneasiness in courtyard. Apparently, she wasn't the only one to experience the bad vibes because soon, the McGee dog Bobo began barking and very excited with nothing visible. Mr. McGee uh, described the feeling of being followed or watched by a sinister being or entire tour. Later that day, when they returned to Frog, they parked the car in the city center and left it there while they did their night. When they returned more than an hour later, the uh, vehicle had vanished. The police found it within a couple of hours, already stripped of its valuables and completely trashed. Any other people who have spent the night in the castle and have other stories to tell, the SISPA serves as a meeting place for experts on the occult, UFOs, paranormal phenomenon of all kinds, and is a site of numerous conferences and events. Some of these people say that this may be built according to the principles of sacred geometry and consequently may be a portal for teleportation or time travel. Going back to our poets. <laughs> uh, all in all, there are many theories and bizarre stories about this legendary Gothic structure and its surroundings, and some of them have become more have more evidence to back them up than others. Now, a tour guide at the castle will tell you at the end of your visit there, choose for yourself what to believe. Personally, I'm in no rush to get to this house. I got bad vibes researching that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, the whole place is bad juju. Yeah, which is why we're not doing this. Yeah. There are plenty of other places. Oh, yeah. Hmm? You'll go yeah. to report back? I mean, the, 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 the Nazis liked the place. Which, which is, is another kind of, reason why I don't want to go. Kind of enough, uh, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, so uh, Roberta said that um, uh, she, apparently she grew up going to uh, uh, Catholic school, and um, the nuns told her that she was demonic due to being left-handed. Yep. And having a birthmark on her left arm. Yep. So, thankfully, Roberta's mother was not amused, and she let her remain. Thank you, Mom. Yes. Here's the best. But, yeah, like, that's rude. Yeah. David got told back in school. Yeah. Uh, like, I was in the yeah. Patrick, not who like the place, the red flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the truth. Uh, but anyway, so yes, one more stop in the Czech Republic. And uh, so, yeah, they have a disproportionate number of these gates to hell, but it is what it is, I guess. And this next stop uh, takes us to the mysterious Foss House, which is located on present-day Charles Square in Prague. Now, where does the Faust come from? Does it have anything to do with the famous alchemist, astrologer, and magician Dr. Faust? Perhaps, but let's investigate the legend bound to the building. One more time. Let's just say the Czech does not have happy endings, but yeah. just saying. Uh, there was a poor student living in yeah, you got that right. This is a heck of a story. There was a poor student living in Prague's new town district. His clothes were old, shabby, and full of holes. His shoes were broken and leaked. He lacked money to such an extent that he fell a few months behind on his rent payment and his landlord ran out of patience. Suddenly he found himself standing outside the door with no place to go. He walked the streets of Newtown hoping to find shelter from a heavy rain. 
As he passed the Foss house, he spotted that the main gate to the building was ajar. Tired and hungry, he sneaked inside the house. It, hmm. The hell's eyeballs are talking. <laughs> it was full of fascinating and mind-boggling things. As he looked around, he also looked up towards the ceiling, and there he noticed a large hole burned black along the edge. He remembered the legend connected to this house that he had heard from an old fellow. According to the story, the previous owner of the house had disappeared, and nobody had ever seen him again. It was said the devil himself took that man from his bedroom, their bodies piercing a hole in the ceiling as they flew straight to hell. This was a great punishment, not only for his greediness, but also for his dreadful cruelty. After the initial joy of finding, of finding shelter faded, the student became less and less comfortable. He increasingly felt more and more afraid. However, his poverty lay heavy on him. Eventually, as he had not yet encountered any ghosts or creatures after being in the house for several hours, he decided to stay. He repaired the ceiling by covering the hole with a piece of old, uh, old carpet. The next morning, he awoke to sharp hunger pain. He searched the room for anything edible, but found only a silver coin in one of the many ceramic bowls. He hesitated to take it, but his hunger was stronger than his modesty. He took the coin and with it bought himself a decent breakfast and still had enough money left for lunch. The next day, he found another silver coin in the ditch again. This happened again and again until he began to believe that his misfortune was coming to an end. He had enough money to eat well every day, and shortly after, he was able to get new clothes and shoes. The strange things in the house, mechanical toys, and a big library full of alchemist tools intrigued him. He was so amazed by his discovery that he started studying the old magician's books and parchments. He realized he did not have to work at all because this shiny coin appeared in the bowl every day. His new life was so wonderful and carefree that he did not worry about money and kept spending it since the bowl was seemingly bottomed. He had taken everything for granted, and soon his daily budget was not enough. The more he had, the more he wished to have. He was getting extremely greedy. The silver coin was not enough. Now he wanted a gold coin. He decided to use magic formulas to call upon the devil. The former impoverished student had become so self-centered and prideful that he believed he was stronger than the devil, and he could force the devil to fulfill his well-crazed desires. His blindness brought upon him his own misfortune. Nobody ever saw the student again, and because he had no family, nobody really looked for him. And soon he was becoming forgotten. Until, on a cold November day, a wanderer sought shelter in Newtown where he found the main gate of the Faust house open. He entered and went upstairs, ready to rest, but when he looked towards the ceiling, he froze in panic. The furniture was broken. Shreds of tattered clothes were strewn all around the room. Open magician books were lying on the floor in the middle of the room, and the carpet, which had originally been covering the black hole, was stripped down, crumpled on the floor. The entire room and the edges of the black hole were stained with dry blood. It seems the devil had not been conquered, and the house has remained shrouded in mystery ever since. For many, this legend is just that, a legend, a warning tale against avarice. But even if it is only a legend, most such tales have a seed somewhere. The first written record about this house dates to a time before Charles IV founded Newtown in the 14th century. Originally, it was the palace of the Dukes of Opa, who had bewitched, <laughs> who had, bewitched had a bewitched reputation because of their devotion to alchemy. 
but the significance of the place on which the house was built dates to pre-Christian times. At the location of today's building, there used to be a pagan sacrificial ground devoted to the death goddess Morana. Therefore, the name of this place, Ni uh, Na Morani, has been preserved to this day. A long time before Newtown was established, there was a fence yard guarding the most important trade route, the Royal Route, that linked the historic fort of this yard, Prague Castle. For centuries, this route was also part of the coronation route for Bohemian kings. Nobody knows when or who dubbed it the false house, and there are no written passages about it in any historical document. Dr. Johann George Faust was a wandering alchemist, astrologer, and magician. Rumors about him floated around even during his lifetime. It was said that he associated with the devil. The house is connected to Faust's legend, although according to historians, he never lived there. The legend probably arose due to several successive owners who were devoted to natural science and alchemy, as was the wandering magical Faust. The first known owner of the property was Yaroslav Kapun de Shova, who was quite dubious. The scaffold claimed his life in 1539. The house was forfeit to Emperor Ferdinand I, who gifted it to his personal doctor, John Kopp, whose hobby was alchemy. With great probability, Kopp had an alchemist laboratory in the house. Next in line was Edward Kelly, a court alchemist of Emperor Rudolph II. Kelly settled into the house in the late 16th century and most likely is responsible for the alchemy-themed frescoes now found on the wall. Apparently, he carried out his largely mysterious experiments on the ground. It is therefore not surprising that the house, with its doubtful reputation, has become subject to dark rumors among people. They are loosely linked to the legend of Faust, but what actually happened in this house? Was it really visited by the devil himself? More of the house owners were members of the Moldona of Skoponsky family, nobility, excuse me. They acquired the house in the 18th century when Ferdinand bought it. He, along with Josef, who constructed Mrs. Uh, mechanical toys and conducted technological experiments probably most closely resembled the reputation of Dr. Faust because of his fondness for physics and alchemy. Occasionally, people heard explosions during the night and saw flames leaping from the windows. There were visible moving figures and other strange machines in this house. The lords of Madoda, Malodora, nah, <laughs> showed their rich collection of moving toys to the guests. What exactly were these creatures? It raised the idea that these men were being in league with the devil. That's probably when the fate of the sorcerer's house started to intersect with the popular stories about Dr. Faust, and the house of Dr. Faust was born. The Moldova family also supposedly manufactured medicinal ointments and other products right in their house cellar. That is why we could assume that the basement of the house has not been bought, uh, brought up has not brought up all of its secrets. Another distinctive and more modern owner who revived the devilish legend in the 19th and 20th centuries is Carl Yannick. He was a chaplain of the adjoining St. John of Nepomuk Church. He had a special interest. He was obsessed with everything linked to death and funerals. Most intriguingly, he owned a human skull and part of a gallows. He slept in a coffin, and he decorated his room with black funeral banners truly a god before his time. Was this just a coincidence that a man with such a preoccupation would reside on the former grounds of the death goddess? To add to all of these posed questions, let's add some more to the mystery. The interiors of the false house breathe secrets in the past and the famous devil's legend. 
For one, there is a hole big enough for an adult to squeeze through in the ceiling. For another, even though this place was damaged by a bomb during the Second World War and has caught fire on four occasions, it has never been seriously damaged. It is said that the house was saved, or rather protected, by seven cats buried in the foundation of the house. Ah, well, yeah. Yes, those very skeletons were truly found there during renovation, so perhaps the house still hasn't released all of its secrets. Glowing orbs are easily seen. 
Whether these stories are the work of an overactive imagination or a genuine supernatural setting, it's a question best left to those who are brave enough to check out the site for themselves. But it should be noted that the city of Lubbock has placed a chain link fence over either side of the trestle in an effort to keep people from walking across the railroad ties. A fall from that trestle can easily result in death or permanent injury. We strongly discourage anybody venturing out on the trestle itself, but the location is fascinating enough to be viewed from the top. We're going to stay in the or just going to jump the Yep, yep. Uh-oh. Last stop for the evening, as a matter of fact. Yeah, there was another one I found, but the police warning on the story is, was so big. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to talk. Yeah, we are. Oh, yep. you know. You left it in there. You left, like, a, a sentence in there. And I decided that the script was looking a little short. So I took that, oh, sentence, no. so I took that sentence and I expanded upon it greatly. <laughs> okay, so okay, well, hold on. There. What is the police warning first? Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Oh. Big, fat letters. You will be in jail. You will be fine. Do not go there. Yeah. I mean, we've told stories like that. Before. Oh, no, they actually do. And they literally are arresting at least one person a week. Yeah, we told stories like that. <laughs> Patrick says, I guess we are living dangerously tonight. Yeah. Okay. Now, I did not mean for this to go in, but okay. I edited. Yes, you did. <laughs> Editorial review. <laughs> All right. So, our last stop, as I actually typed here, is a source of much controversy. As rumors state that the devil himself holds court with his worshippers there. Many believe that Stoll Cemetery in Douglas County, Douglas County, Kansas, is a gateway to hell. It is Kansas. I don't think we have anybody watching in Kansas. I think I stayed there. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but there are some who claim that Stoll Cemetery does not deserve the blood-curdling reputation that it has gained over the years. Soul Cemetery and the abandoned church that rests next to it is in the tiny, nearly forgotten Kansas town of Stahl. There's not much left of the village, save for a few houses, a newer church, and about 20 residents. In addition to its human inhabitants, the town is also home to a number of legends and strange tales that are linked to the crumbling old church and the overgrown cemetery that can be found atop Stoll and Manuel Hill. For years, stories of witchcraft, ghosts, supernatural happenings, and hell gates have surrounded the old graveyard. The legends say that these stories have been linked to Saul for more than 100 years, but none of them made it to the print until 1970s, where in, in November of 1974, an article appeared in the University of Kansas student newspaper that spoke of several strange occurrences in the Saul churchyard. According to the article, Stoll was, a haunted by, was haunted by legends of diabolical supernatural happenings, and the legends asserted that the cemetery was one of the two places on Earth where the devil appeared in person two times each year. It is said that the cemetery had been the source of many legends in the area, stories that had been told and retold for over a century. The piece also went on to say that most students learned of Stoll's diabolical reputation from their grandparents and older individuals, and that many of them claimed first-hand encounters with things that could not be explained. One student claimed to have been grabbed by the arm by something unseen, while others spoke of unexplained memory loss when visiting the place. 
Like many other locations of this type, the tales of devil worship and witchcraft also figured strongly into the article. But were the stories true? Not according to the residents of Sol, who claimed to have never heard the stories before. They were bemused, annoyed, and downright angered that such things were being said about their town. The pastor of the new church in Stahl, located right across the road from the old one, indicated that he believed the stories to be the invention of students at the university. Such, such stories have a strong hold on people, as evidenced by the reaction to the article that claims that the devil would appear in Stahl Cemetery on the night of the spring equinox and again on Halloween. On March 20, 1978, more than 150 people waited in the cemetery for the arrival of the devil. Word also spread that the spirits of those who died violent deaths and were buried there would return from the grave. However, the only spirits that showed up that night came in bottles and cans. This does not stop the stories from spreading. All through the 1980s and up until today, stories have been told about Skull Cemetery, and as time has passed, most have grown more horrifying and harder to believe. The problem seems to be that the cemetery has a lack of real documented accounts of strange activity. Oddly enough, it makes sense. Nobody's actually made an effort to document any actual possible paranormal activity, so people fill the void with stories. Now, the weird tales seem to be a little more than that, a little more than urban legends and secondhand stories from teenagers and college students. The legends also say that the devil has been appearing here since the 1850s, and insist that the original name of the town was. Stull, and that the later corruption of that into Stull was to simply cover the fact that the area was steeped in black magic. It was said that the witchcraft practicing early settlers were so repentant about their past deeds that they changed the name of the town. In truth, the town was called Deer Creek Community until 1899, when the last name of the first postmaster, Sylvester Stull, was adopted as the name of the village. The post office closed in 1903, but the name stuck. But why install? The, the uh, legend is that the devil appears installed because of an event that took place in the 1850s when a stable hand allegedly stabbed the mayor to death in the cemetery's old stone barn. Years later, the barn was converted into a church, which in turn was gutted by fire. A decaying wooden crucifix that continued to hang from one wall was said to sometimes turn upside down when passing by step into the building at night. The story neglects to mention that, historically speaking, neither the Deer Creek community nor Stahl have ever had an official mayor. That's not the story I was. Oh, okay. I know, it's fun, it's fact. Right. Yep. Oh, I might get there. Damn! <laughs> Does it have to do with a certain show? It does. I will let you, I'll let you know when. Okay, you know cool. When. Okay. All right. Now, still, legends grew, and by 1989, the crowd at the graveyard on Halloween night had become so overwhelming that the Douglas County Sheriff's Department had to station deputies outside to send people on their way. They handed out tickets for criminal trucks to anyone caught on the property. It was believed that nearly 500 people came to the cemetery on Halloween night of 1988 doing damage to the church and gravestones, prompting a police response the following year. I thought we were talking about the same thing. Oh, well, you know. One of the strangest stories about Stull supposedly appeared in Time magazine in either 1993 or 1995. Red flag in another cell. It's not that far past. Let's only out on a year, folks. Now, it all depends on the version of the story that you hear, and in either case, it isn't true. 
This story is that never, that never actually appeared in Time magazine claims that John, Pope John Paul II allegedly ordered his private plane to fly around eastern Kansas while on his way to a public appearance in Colorado. The reason for this was that the Pope did not want to fly over unholy ground. Birds are really getting out there. It's kind of crazy. This is one of those cautionary tales. Be aware what you believe in. But anyways, let's go on. We're not done yet. <laughs> As time passed, the local residents grew more irritated that vandals and trespassers were wreaking havoc in the cemetery where their loved ones and ancestors were buried. Finally, a chain-link security fence was installed around the ground, and although the area is still regularly patrolled, the visits have and the visits have died down somewhat, at least outside of October. Um, but uh, in addition, there have been the signs posted against trespassing here, and locals have made it clear that visitors are not welcome. So what about the stories? Without a doubt, the majority of the tales about the cemetery have been manufactured from horror fiction, but they still beg the question of how such stories got started in the first place. Is there a grain of truth to the dark tales? Local residents are not talking. Although property owners have spoken out against both vandals and the macabre stories, they have done little to try and end the legend for good. For example, as so many of the paranormal events supposedly involved the ruin of the old church, why not tear it down? The building had been standing vacant since 1922, and it was badly damaged by vandalism over the years. In 1996, the remnants of the roof blew off, and once exposed to the elements, the interior walls had been damaged by both weather and graffiti. Recently, a large crack also opened in one of the stone walls after the church was struck by lightning. So why not tear it down to try and bring an end to the demonic tale circulating around the place? To make matters worse, why chase away those who come to the cemetery at midnight on Halloween to see the devil appear? Why not simply control the chaos and allow the curiosity seekers to see that no spirits will run rampant on that fateful night? On Halloween night of 1999, Reporters from a local newspaper and a television news crew joined a group of onlookers at the cemetery. Sheriff's deputies were on hand, but did not ask anyone to leave until 11.30 p.m. Why? At this precise moment, an unknown representative to the cemetery owners appeared and ordered everyone to leave the property. The officers had no choice but to go along with their wishes, and the reporters and spectators had to leave. As Stahl Cemetery and the land around it is private, there was no option but to comply. The owner stated through the representative that they did not want media attention brought to the graveyard because it attracts vandals. But couldn't they have furthered their cause by allowing the camera crew to show that the devil did not appear at midnight, thus debunking the legend forever? But that isn't the end of the story. On March 29, 2002, the old stone church in the cemetery was mysteriously demolished. The church actually is gone. I think I alluded to it still being there. No, it's gone. 2002. Boom. Gone. man named Major Weiss, who owned the property along with two other people who he declined to name, said that he did not authorize the abandoned church to be destroyed. Those who lived nearby stated that they were also unaware of the demolition, although one of them did say that a wall of the church had collapsed about two weeks before. The spooky old church, so much a part of the legend, was no more. While the church having been the source of so much story was gone, popular culture proved unwilling to let go of Stahl Cemetery. Isn't supernatural? Yep. It's just the inspiration of our drink. Um, so in Supernatural, there is a wonderful episode at the very end of season five. I will not be doing any spoilers because I don't do that. 
but it does involve two archangels having a uh, battle. Um, super duper fun. We love it. Am I allowed to say the A word? Not okay. Oh, okay. There's a really famous one in it, and I'm not allowed to say it. <laughs> You'll just have to watch Superman. Yeah. But yes, it is the uh, penultimate episode of season five, mm-hmm. which was initially intended to actually be the end of the series. It was. Yeah. And it wasn't for some. Yeah. But I'm glad we got the ending we did. It was good. Yeah. So, try as they might, Soul is unable to shake its reputation as an angst stomping ground of the devil. Now, I will say, Soul also has, um, um, there's, there's lots of mentions of it in pop culture. Um, yeah. There was actually, um, 1992 or 93, the band Urge Overkill put the picture of the church on the cover of their album. That is a... Obscure reference, but I. <laughs> <laughs> question is, is that midnight on Halloween? Does the devil play the violin or something? I don't know. Why is it an obscure reference? I grew up with Urge Overkill. Okay. I made all the list you've got, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I know it's been like 30 years, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, let's not play that card, it's my card. That's okay. Um, You're aging better than I am. My my other box is opening a toy store for Star Wars toys. Um, and he said, yeah, we're mostly just doing vintage toys. He unboxes a whole bunch of things from episode one that I had when I was a kid. <laughs> and he called them vintage. So you're not one to aid. I can't read them. Yeah, um, over there. My understanding was that he lost the violin in effect, so not yeah, anymore. Yeah. Well, the gold one, anyway. No, that was but, Patrick. Yeah, he, he lost it to um, Johnny. Because <laughs> Johnny was a much better kid. Patrick says, uh, if the cops come knocking at our door, it'll be very interesting to see how the cats react. Mm-hmm. We'll come say hello. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they will. Oh, but the uh, yeah, and then you commented about preparing the cats in the walls. Yeah, well, I mean, they just protected people from witches. Yeah. Um, it was super common. Um, yeah, they're from the late Middle Ages and to the like shortly past Shakespeare's day. <laughs> yeah, they're witches familiars. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really freaky because that was not. That was somebody jumping up the bed. Oh, thank goodness. It sounded like it was like that side of From the wall, yeah. I will say that um, Patrick noted that waiting for the devil appear, to appear in a cemetery at midnight sounds like the worst idea ever. It kind of does. If it sounds like a bad idea to Patrick, it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I mean, especially on Halloween, like, you guys don't have anything cooler to do. Yeah, I know, really. I mean, I mean I, I'm not opposed to spending my Halloween in a cemetery. It's just not necessarily one that the devil is shooting. Well, again. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want to do that. Is there anything to do in anti-dodge tornadoes that whisk you off the other world? Be two brothers mm. in a, oh, my God, a Chevy Impala. <laughs> <laughs> 
always a relief when you find out it's a feline and not a human intruder. Yep. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. But yeah. So that is our portals, our gateways to hell, whatever you want to call them, hell cults, all that good stuff for tonight. Yeah. So upcoming in October, we're doing creepy doll three. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So because uh. Apparently and, there are more. There are more. Oh, there oh are. God. There are so many more. And, um, uh, and after that, we're gonna do another. Haunted houses, and we're going to do an international haunted houses, um, and that's where we are in stories right now. Yep, we got one coming <laughs> up. What, what did I, I? I just posted the script. I, 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 I got, I got somebody's. Um, they're probably all going to be super old, but I got somebody's. But I'm going to be like, what are your favorites for months? Okay. <laughs> um. So we have on the twenty second. Is that the scariest tour? Oh, yes, yes. Saturday, October 22nd at 9 p.m., our Churchill Chillers Tour is going to be a benefit tour with 100% of the ticket proceeds going to support Scarce Care. So please, please, please go ahead and buy your tickets and come on out and join us on that tour. We're hoping to sell it out maybe even twice over because we're going to have a couple of people there. We're going to have two guys available to go ahead and sell as many tickets as possible and hopefully raise a small boatload of money for Scarce the Care. Right before holiday season for families. Yep. Um, According to Key West, happening still first weekend in December. Yep, we're just over two months away. Yep. We're announcing no, not, not yet. yet. Not I'm yet. meeting about that on Wednesday. Gotcha. So need to figure out exactly what the details are going to be, but it looks like it's a go. That's good. Yep. Just got to figure out the details. Um, that's what we got coming up. Yep. So a lot going on. Yep. Uh, everybody who's in Florida, be safe. Uh, yeah. Please be safe. Batten down your hatches. If you need to come to Virginia, let us know. Yep. Uh, yes. Fingers crossed everybody's going to be okay. But, yep. So, yeah. In the meantime, so, yeah, it's going to be three weeks till we're doing this again. Yep. And in the meantime, we've got a boatload of stuff going on. Starting next Friday, we enter our official spooky season schedule, which is going to be <laughs> Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday through Sunday. Tour, public tours running every night, Wednesday through Sunday, um, with two tours on Fridays and three tours on Saturdays. So lots going on there. And that's in addition to the special events that we've already mentioned and the other ones that we have still to announce. So, yeah. and uh, also in addition to the private tours that we have, both that nobody can see on our schedule because they're private tours, and the Ghost Walk at Night. And I'm finding out November 1st, just so you all know. I'm seeing if I can book a private tour that day. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm not giving it. <laughs> y'all um and yeah if if, uh, if you want to support scares the care but can't come out on the 22nd go on their website and shoot them a donation or something like yeah. that we've seen the amount of new tickets say from from missing haunts tour or and whatever any any amount is welcome and appreciated by them so but yeah i think i think, I think that's it i think that leaves us where we're at all right so we will catch you all on the flip side on october 17th for Creepy Dolls 3. And you can see us probably looking like Creepy Dolls if we're... Are we actually dressing no. up? No. Oh, we're just, we're just we, halfway through. I thought we were going to be for Pirates, but we didn't do it. No. <laughs> just like a 
ran out of time tonight to even just change my shirt. Yeah. Um, I was home earlier just to make you think, like. Uh, just, <laughs> I, I, he was working on the newsletter. Let's be real. He was working on. I, I was doing some work, and then I didn't realize that our fun drink from tonight needed to, needed to break out the shaker and all that. So stuff. sorry. <laughs> Next week, or three weeks from now, probably will, too. Yeah, admittedly, I, like I got to say, it, it wasn't my thing. Really? I loved it. I mean, it's not terrible. Obviously, I drank mine, mm -hmm. but um, it wasn't my thing. Okay, so what didn't you like about it? Just um, um, the lemonade? I think so. Yeah. You like pineapple juice. Oh, yeah, I love pineapple juice. It might have been the lemonade that we used, but it is four parts lemonade, two parts pineapple juice, one part whiskey. Yeah. And then cake over ice. And I always switch a part whiskey for a part because yeah. <laughs> I can't taste the whiskey at all. Yeah, yeah I needed more whiskey. But the grapes, like I didn't think the grapes would add anything to it, but it. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah they, were, they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be green grapes. I yeah. know we had. <laughs> but we had red. We had red. Yeah, so that's what we used. So. But I feel like the green grapes. If Patrick wants to dress up, I don't know what I'm dressing. Like, how are we gonna dress up as a dog? Like, I mean, you won't even know if I'm dressed up. So. You, you could just, <laughs> you, you could put some I am rope. so not doing creepy don't make up, sorry. You, you could string me up from the ceiling, I'll be a, uh, a marionette. I'll control you from over here. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, uh, I'm tired. A little tired. And I'm rambling. Yes, and I have to open the shop. It is time to close. All right. Everybody. Have a good night. Be safe out there. Hope to see you soon. Even if we can't, don't hesitate to drop us a line. Do it, do it, do it. It doesn't have to be a doll. It's your Halloween episode. Have fun with Halloween. No, we could wear a Halloween costume. That could be fun. Hopefully mine will be in by then. So. And you only can know. Oh, no. You'd be going to be coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. Good night, everybody. Oh, I need to tell about it. Good night, blog talk.